So this morning, I want to express to you how much I appreciate that we have such able lay leadership in this church that uh, I know whenever I'm not here, the, the service, the Sunday service, the preaching and teaching is in good hands. And it's because of that that I can leave on, on a Sunday and be completely unconcerned about uh, the service here that my experience away for this week was good for my spirit, good for my soul. This week with my family and extended family on Turks and Caicos, I have to tell you, uh, was nothing short of a sabbatical for me. Rest is important, especially on this Lenten journey that we're all on together. We have to pause, and Sundays are a good time to do that. My son and I were talking about this just uh, before service this morning. Sundays are like many Easter's. If you're giving up something for Lent, you know what? You don't have to give it up on Sunday. Bet you didn't know that. If, If you are involved in deep reflection about your relationship with Jesus and you're all introspective during the week and you are following this journey to the cross on Sunday, you can lift your spirits and lift your countenance to God who's on high and rejoice because every Sunday, even in the season of Lent, is a celebration. Now, you know, I did a lot of this introspection that we've been talking about while I was on the island. Um, I, I can't even describe to you the beauty of this place. Now, the island itself is, is rough and rocky. It's made out of limestone. It's not a volcanic island like the Hawaiian islands. This is uh, volcanic. Uh, this is uh, limestone that over the years has has uh, built up one layer upon the other and so there's not this dense rich vegetation on the island but the water that surrounds it I have to tell you it's it's turquoise it's not blue and you know turquoise is my word for it Angela who I appreciate her sense of humor you ever go to Sonic and get an ocean water now I know where they get the name I'm telling you, it, is, it looks like ocean water. You could stick a straw in it, and it would probably taste like ocean water. No, it doesn't. I'm telling you, it really doesn't. But it looks like that. And every time we showed somebody a picture of it, we'd get the comment, that has to be Photoshopped, that has to be filtered. No, that was straight out of the camera with no filters. It was incredible. And when you couple that with a sunrise or a sunset, it's like God sat down with a set of watercolors and just brushed across the sky and the landscape, and it was absolutely breathtaking. And we were in this house on this place called Chalk Sound, and, it, and the, the backyard of the house was this bay, and we saw maybe two paddleboarders the whole time we were there, besides ourselves, 
And in the morning, I would get up with a cup of coffee and I'd sit on the upper deck and I'd look out over this turquoise water and watch the sun rise and there was nothing but the sound of seagulls and water lapping against the rock. And I'm not telling you all this to make you jealous. Um, I, what, I, this was the perfect environment for reflection and introspection that I have been talking about this whole Lenten season. And I took full advantage of it because here we are in the fifth Sunday of Lent and very soon we're going to be entering Holy Week and all that that brings with it. And I hope your journey to the cross with Christ this season has been fruitful and productive. I hope that you too have been able to make time in your busy lives and schedules to pause for just a few minutes for a little bit of prayer and reflection and introspection, looking into yourself. Because as, as we count down, this occurs to me, as, as we count down to the crucifixion of our Lord, ask yourself the question, what have I learned about who God is, about who Jesus is, and about who I am as I rest in Him as a child of God? Ask yourself the question, has the time that I've spent in this Lenten journey been at all revealing to me about those questions? Have I discovered anything about how I fit into what God is doing in this community, in the world around me? Have I discovered what Jesus is asking of me when he tells me to pick up my cross and to follow him? Have you figured out that the only way to reach the destination, right, where you end up in the same place in the, the eternal presence of God, have you figured out that the only way to do that is to believe on Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected? This is the Lenten journey, folks. We do it once a year, yes, but really all year long, we should be in constant introspection about these questions. We have to contemplate these on this Lenten journey that we're on. These are all important questions that most people who have an earthly or worldly worldview, who don't have a relationship with Christ, they never pause to consider these things. And this truly is what's important. All the other stuff is just fluff. And so it's in this context that I want us to journey together this morning. In the Old Testament, take us back to the time of King David. Take us back to when he was reciting and writing down the words to Psalm 51, which is a lament. It's a reflection on his sinful nature. He's, he's confessing, he's admitting that he's, he needs a savior, right? And it's the same 
situation that you and I find ourselves in, in this human condition we call life, where we have struggles, we need a Savior, we need to confess that, that we can't do this all on our own. Same struggles David had are the struggles that we experience every day. Not much has changed. Maybe some technology here and there, but essentially the human struggle, the human condition is the same. Listen to what David writes and see if you can pick out pieces of this psalm that apply to you. He says, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Do you have a secret heart? Is there a part of you that the rest of the world doesn't know? Do you have secrets? Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have secrets from God. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Nobody writes like David anymore, do they? Are you able to pour yourself out like David just did there? Are you able to admit that you are not perfect? That the world really doesn't revolve around you? That's a tough one for a lot of us, me included. I have this stance, right? We've all got it. A stance where you put one foot out to compensate for the rotation of the earth? Because the world does revolve around you, right? I mean, do we have that attitude sometimes? Where it's all about us. David had that issue. Oh, trust me, David was a man after God's own heart, but trust me, he had issues. I mean, you know, if, if sins are on a scale, which they're not for God, it's all the same. You know, he had the big M. Right? Murder. Sent somebody to his death. Why? Because he coveted 
the man's wife. Not just coveted. Had an adulterous relationship with her. And yet... And yet, his sins were forgiven. Now, is that carte blanche? Is that our, our get-out-of-jail-free card that, that as Christians, our sins are forgiven? Is that our license to sin? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Against you and you alone have I sinned, O God. David cries. See, during our time of reflection, do we realize what exactly are our transgressions? Do you know what your sins are? Do you understand the magnitude of your sin? Do we truly get that our God is a perfect, just, and holy God who can't abide anything that's contrary to his nature. Do we fully appreciate the wrath, the judgment that's due us? And do we fully appreciate this lavish, abundant, extravagant grace that God extends to us by having his one and only son go to the cross for us? Jesus didn't go to the cross because Jesus sinned. He went to the cross because he didn't. Does that make sense? From a worldview, that makes no sense whatsoever, which is why the Bible says to, to everyone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, this is utter, complete nonsense. They don't get it. It's not logical. But what it is, is full of grace and mercy. We were given something that we could not earn in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so do we understand the depth of the wickedness of the human heart and the extreme measures that God is taking to reconcile us back to him. Do we get just how badly we need a personal savior? These are the questions. Hide your face from my sins. Wipe away all my transgressions, O oh God. Have you asked your Father in heaven for forgiveness? Have you expressed any gratitude for the amazing grace, the wonderful free gift he's given you in providing you a way to get back to him? Are these questions running through your mind? Wash me white as snow, O God, and I will be made whole. Have you acknowledged at all this Lenten season the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, his death and his resurrection, the fact that through that sacrifice you have the ability to take part in the resurrection? He took upon him your sin, my sin, 
indeed the sin of all humankind, and in exchange gave to you and to me. And anybody that calls on him as Lord and Savior gave to us righteousness. This is the formula. We gave up our sin to him. He took it upon himself and gave us righteousness. Why did he do that? Create in me a clean heart, O God. Have you considered the grace and mercy of God who gave his son, his one and only begotten son, so that you should not perish but have eternal life? And when you choose that, he transforms you into a new creation. He transforms your heart. He renews your mind. He puts into you the right spirit that David was asking for. Makes you holy and completely and eternally acceptable to God the Father. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus. That's the hope that we have in the resurrection that's coming. This is the hope we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. That he who began this good work in us will be faithful to complete it. That we would be justified. And through that justification, we would journey through this life becoming sanctified. That's more and more like Christ. And then having been sanctified in Christ, we would be glorified and spend our eternity with God. Do you see that there's a plan in place for you? There's order to the chaos. Jesus said, this is eternal life that they would know God and his son who he has sent. And so the final question I would ask you to consider as Lent slowly comes to a close. Has this journey brought you any closer to knowing God, knowing Christ more today than when we first begun? If it has, your journey's been a fruitful one. If it hasn't, there's still time to take the first step on the journey. Until you take your last breath, there's time to take the first step. But my advice is don't tarry too long. Because as Paul writes, the night is far gone and the light of the new dawn is coming soon. Jesus is coming back. That's a fact. That's a promise. Are you ready? That's the point of the Lenten season. All this introspection, all this reflection. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? And when he does, will it be a time of celebration for you? Or a time of anxiousness and fear? It's a simple question. But it's one that we have to consider. Am I ready? 
name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.